informing, encouraging, and supporting your church. You're listening to the Excellence in Church Administration podcast from ECFA. Hey everyone, this is Michael Martin and welcome back to another Excellence in Church Administration podcast from ECFA. Today, I am so grateful to have our friend Elaine Somerville join us for a conversation on church compensation. Elaine is the sole shareholder of Somerville and Associates, a CPA firm that centers primarily on the tax compliance aspects of nonprofit organizations and churches. Elaine has been an editorial advisor for Christianity Today's church law and tax team since 2009. And most recently, Elaine has authored an outstanding book published with our friends at CT's Church Law and Tax Team called Church Compensation from Strategic Plan to Compliance. And now we want to do something fun and maybe a little bit different on the podcast today and actually give away free copies of Elaine's book to the first three people to email podcast at ecfa.org. Again, that's podcast at ecfa.org. And all you have to do is put church compensation in the subject line. So we're really excited about Elaine's book and to be able to give away some free copies to our listeners. So Elaine, welcome to the ECFA Church Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Well, thank you, Michael. I am really glad to be with you today and excited to just visit a little bit about a topic obviously is near and dear to my heart and to be able to share with your listeners just maybe some key points and some reasons why I think this subject's important to all the churches out there. Awesome. Well, we are excited about that. And what our listeners don't know is that we're actually going to record this podcast during tax season, which that just goes to show you how much Elaine really loves you <laughs> for taking time out of uh, tax season to actually go to record this podcast. That's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. But I do have a great team behind me. And uh, they have been such a blessing that the Lord has given me over the years that um, as I look back over, many of them have been with me for longer than eight to 10 years. Wow. And so they really are carrying the brunt of the load right now, <laughs> enabling me to be with you today. Well, hey, tell them we said thank you. <laughs> so it's all about the team. So, well, hey, as we, yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, Elaine, uh, you know, this new book that you've authored called Church Compensation, very appropriately titled, you know, I'm a big fan of it. One of the things I love is just how conversational it is. And even just some of those Elaine's extras that you call them that are included throughout the book to highlight the key points. You've done a great job taking what could be some people would say as a dry topic, but you've really made it engaging. So as we get started here, maybe just tell folks what inspired you uh, to author this book. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you've enjoyed it. Um, one of the things that happened a few years ago was the church law and tax group approached me and they said, we just want to do a payroll book. And in my conversations with them, I really feel like that one of the biggest issues we have in churches is understanding that what we call payroll is really just a piece of this kind of broader subject called compensation. And so I went back to them and I said, I don't want to just talk about payroll and that paycheck. I want to talk about this whole big broad topic that involves so many people in the church, so many decision makers, uh, so many key players, and yet is oftentimes overlooked or not very well done. 
And I continue to see the same problems time and time again. And so as we were writing the book, um, one of the things I did was I did try to step out of that normal discourse from time to time and put in my Elaine's extras. And um, (laughs) I did have to fight for that a little bit to keep that terminology. I said, this is when I kind of step out of myself and I want to talk to them just one-on-one. Or you'll notice a lot of times when I talk in my Elaine's extras, there'll be like real life examples. And uh, as one client told me, the book is so incredibly useful. And I said, well, that's because all my examples in there are based in real life. I just changed all the names to protect everybody. So, (laughs) (laughs) and they probably said, thank you. (laughs) I I didn't, I didn't really have to make up too many of those. So that's awesome. That's kind of what inspired us to take it from just a really basic kind of dry, how do we write a paycheck to more of encompassing more of the topic. Well, good. Well, and to maybe piggyback off that a little bit too, you mentioned these are from real life you know, situations, experiences that you encounter. So I guess another one of my questions for you would be, Elaine, what do you see churches doing well? And maybe what do you see us not doing so well when it comes to this broader compensation topic? I think what I'm beginning to see churches doing well on a more regular basis is just paying attention to this topic. And we are seeing more and more churches ask questions. We're seeing more and more churches use professionals. We are seeing them take more time as greater light is brought onto this topic. And so I do think that as I look back over my 30-year professional history, that we are in such a different place in the church just in how well we are tackling issues. What I still see them struggling with is really realizing what that compensation is more than just what's going in the paycheck every two weeks Mm -hmm. or twice a month. And really beginning to think about this is more than just those dollars. It encompasses everything we might provide to our employees. And that's why I did contribute two chapters to the book that really talk a lot about benefits. And while they don't provide the end all discussion of benefits, it was inserted into the book to raise this awareness that compensation is more than just the paycheck. And we have to think about everything we give to the employee. Perfect. No, I would echo both of those points for sure. And you mentioned some of the different chapters that are within the book. And I know during the podcast, we don't have time to tackle them all. And our listeners are saying thank you. (laughs) But there is one particular area that I thought we could focus on today, and that is reasonable compensation. To your point about churches paying more attention to this topic, I think that's one that I'm seeing more of as, as, as well is churches paying attention to that reasonable compensation, which, by the way, is chapter eight um, in the book. But you say in the book to Elaine that there are high stakes that are involved in this topic. So maybe for the folks that haven't started paying attention yet to that, um, tell us what you mean by that and why is this so important? Um, well, reasonable compensation goes back to what we have as a core nonprofit principle. And so it moves out of the church world into the general world of nonprofit organizations. And that is that nonprofits are only um, permitted to pay reasonable compensation. And 
for many years, the fact is, is that everyone might laugh at that because most people or a lot of people who have worked or worked for nonprofits worked for less than reasonable compensation for their skills and their services. But the nonprofit industry has grown and the church has grown as a corporate industry, so to speak. And what we're seeing now is we are seeing more and more often that we do have the resources to pay people really equivalent to what they might get out in the general work world. And so reasonable compensation is that idea that every position has an amount that it's worth uh, based on outside data, and that the nonprofit is prohibited from paying more than that amount, and that that amount has to be determined and monitored because that's how you make sure there's not a slip to the wrong side of reasonable compensation. It's always fine to pay less than reasonable compensation, but it's never okay to pay more than reasonable compensation. Right. No, that's good. And that's that's a great overview. And it actually leads to another follow up question. Uh, you're probably anticipating this one. <laughs> and that is, if that is the case, how how do we see churches running afoul of the different rules in this area? Well, two ways I see that churches run afoul of these rules. Number one, they do not use outside data to determine their compensation packages. We still have quite a bit of um, decision-making in this area in the church that's that's based on what we want to do for someone um, or what we think Mm. they need. And those amounts or those determinations may not align with reasonableness. So the law really requires that reasonable compensation be based on outside data or an objective determination. So for instance, when they talk about that, they talk about using uh, compensation surveys such as um, churchsalary.com, operated by Church Law and Tax Group, or Ministry Pay, operated by the Church Network. Uh, There are other compensation surveys out there. There's one in the private foundation area. When we talk about compensation uh, surveys, we can also talk about surveys in the secular industry. So one of the examples I used in my book would be, if you have a great graphic designer, You may look for outside data for graphic designers in the general work world. It may not be in the church world. And so salary surveys are definitely one of the number one ways we use to determine reasonable compensation. Gotcha. And now another thing you talk about as well, now this may not apply until, you know, churches reach maybe even a higher level of sophistication, but we, we're asked sometimes, you know, at what point is it appropriate to maybe bring in like a compensation consultant? Um, maybe that's on one end of the spectrum. And then another one would be, well, if we don't want to use some of those surveys, can we just, you know, talk amongst ourselves and and do some comparisons with other churches? So can you maybe kind of talk about those two points as well? We can. Um, let's talk about, um, outside experts first. This is, uh, kind of, it definitely is one of the areas I like to stress to churches. And that is many times what we have is we have a person, normally our senior executive pastors, and they have qualifications that are just off the charts. 
and they've experienced that just doesn't fit into a salary survey description or they have education that can't be worked in there. And so you have talents that the salary surveys do not meet. And in mm. evaluating that talent and the worth of that talent, many times we will go to an outside compensation expert. To that, I would tell you your outside compensation expert is a human resource expert. They are someone who is educated specifically in this area, and they are someone that this is what they do as their full-time business. My warning that I'm very open about is to tell people, just because your CPA or your attorney works with nonprofit organizations doesn't make them a compensation expert. So credentials in this area are huge. And you definitely, if a church is in this position of using an expert, they need to very much make sure that expert is acceptable to the regulatory authorities, such as our state attorney general's offices and the Internal Revenue Service. Uh, Michael, to the other end of the spectrum, which you said, let's just talk among ourselves and figure this out. (laughs) Um, I love that. Um, And usually I I tell people, oh, we love Pastor Joe and we're going to pay him. You know, we just know this is what he needs to live and this is what we're going to pay him. That's really the more dangerous side of the spectrum to be on. You do build that a little bit if you can bring in some comparisons with other churches. And so you do your own informal survey. The Internal Revenue Service allows that for a survey of three to five organizations to support compensation for organizations that are less than a million dollars. So that's the one you have to be very cautious about using and making sure that you have enough outside data to support what you're doing. We do have some of the larger denominations will issue that data and share it, say, among their larger churches. So they'll take churches of a similar size and put that data together. It's obviously a very small survey, but it's also very indicative of what's normal in that particular denomination. Good. No, that's really, really helpful. So we talked about this is kind of the primary factor, if you will, just comparisons with other churches in terms of figuring out what is reasonable. Um, Can you tell us a little bit, you know, what other factors are important? You know, sometimes we'll have folks that will say, well, we're in a maybe higher cost of living area. You alluded to the background of employees. You know, what other factors are important, Elaine, when a church is trying to determine what is reasonable compensation for a particular organization or or an employee within that organization? I think the next factors we go to look at are church size and budget and complexity. And so the church that even, say, the $5 million church that is all contained on one campus is a different operational structure than the $5 million church that has five campuses. And so going to the complexity of the organization is a factor we uh, like to see considered. Next, I would say location is definitely a large factor. You know what I'm going to pay in Burleson, Texas, for instance, is not going to be the same as what someone might pay in the Washington, D.C. area. 
where the cost of living is totally different. And that is one of the biggest struggles. We find that we do struggle with salary data for our high uh, locale cost areas. I say that both the coast, California, New York, present some of the biggest problems and issues. So we do have to consider that. And then, of course, employee qualifications are a huge issue. The other thing I do warn churches about is consider your compensation philosophy. And I really believe all churches have compensation philosophies, even if they don't realize that. Some of those may be on the lower scale. This is how we're going to pay is at the lower end of the scale or the upper end of the scale. And does that philosophy flow through your organization? And is your organization reflective of that all the way through? And then one area I, a lot of churches don't like, and I say, consider your ability to pay. And mm. that is, can you pay all your bills? And so I have literally been in churches that they're paying the senior pastor maybe an amount in excess of what they should be, and they are not able to pay the rest of their bills. So there is a financial balancing to all of this. So there are obviously, even if you get salary data that gives you a range, there are some other factors that the decision makers have to take into consideration. No, you nailed it. There are a lot of different factors here, some of which even can be competing at times. So I think that's why we're so grateful that folks like you have written this resource. <laughs> that makes that makes it an easier process to walk through. But maybe let's go back to uh, something you said earlier, Lane, and that is there are, there are maybe two ways that we see churches running afoul of the rules. One of them was not using outside data, which we've sort of talked through. And I'm taking notes here as we go. Uh, was there a second point, too, that you wanted to mention here beyond maybe step two here, um, beyond just uh, the not using of the outside data? Yes, thank you. I'm so glad we went back to that. And as you started to ask that question, I I rapidly thought, what was my second point? Um, I do remember, though. And that is we don't realize that, as I've said earlier, compensation is more than the paycheck. So when you look at compensation, you are looking at everything you provide to the employee that brings benefit to them. And so The tax law really comes in and it says, hey, whatever benefits your employee, you have to evaluate for purposes of tax taxable income, whether it is or is not. And I say everything you provide an employee has to be evaluated in light of your reasonable compensation umbrella or ceiling, so to speak. So that's retirement plan contributions. It could be tuition assistance or educational assistance plan benefits. It could be whether or not you're providing automobiles to your employees, or it could be whether or not you're giving discounts at the daycare. And so that's the next biggest error I see is we don't step back and have the decision makers have all of this information to determine what the real amount of compensation is that's being provided to employees. You're right on. It is so much more than just the paycheck, uh, which I know we've mentioned that you've highlighted as well. I'm grateful for those couple chapters on benefits there. So I think 
two, we've got time to squeeze in one more question. And this is a personal favorite of mine. (laughs) It's an area where I've seen a lot of churches just kind of miss it. Maybe they have the fundamentals down. They have, you know, worked through all the things that we've talked about already. Um, But one of the things that I'm not seeing in some cases is doing a great job documenting what their process is, documenting the amount of compensation, all of which helps really show the church's due diligence if they're ever questioned on these things. So in your view, how can churches do better when it comes to the importance of documentation? Well, I love the fact that you've listed that and the topics to talk about today, because I'm with you on seeing how churches struggle in this particular area. Um, My husband, the lawyer, likes to remind me if it's not written down, (laughs) it probably didn't happen. Uh, And so I do like to remind churches that if you don't document compensation decisions, and that includes what you considered in setting compensation, the data you considered, the benefits included, who voted on it, and when it's effective, and how it's going to be provided, that you could run a risk that that whole compensation package could be challenged by a regulatory authority. And so documentation is definitely very important. And It should be documented, depending on the level of an employee, defines where that documentation occurs. So with key employees, it should always occur at the very highest level. That's normally our committees or our boards. And it should be in minutes to those meetings. And it should be kept secure under the church's purview and not kept at somebody's home or in their home computers. And so... I think that we struggle with documentation to maintain control over the documentation and to maintain the form of documentation so it meets all the standards. I had a church one time I went into and uh, I said, I'd like to see your minutes for your personnel committee so I can just make sure the compensation paid was actually approved. And the personnel committee chairperson said, well, we don't keep minutes. And I said, well, Mm. why do you not do that? And they said, well, we just consider these meetings so confidential. We don't remit anything to writing about them. And I was said, well, I think we really need a re-education on Mm. what you're trying to do and how you're trying to make sure it gets carried out. So that is definitely one of my favorites to Remind people that you do have to write things down in order to formalize them. And not only should they be in the minutes, but that documentation should be maintained in the appropriate personnel files. Yes. No, that's good. And you have underscored why I asked that question today. So I'm over here saying amen. And uh, I... Yes, I know you and I could go on and on and on forever, uh, but we have kind of reached that point at which we got to kind of wind things down here. So uh, we'll have to do this again another time, Elaine, but thank you so much for making time to join us and for creating this great new resource on church compensation. I do want to be sure to ask that if folks want to get their copy of the book, they want to keep up with you, how do they best do that? Well, they can obtain a copy of the book at churchlawntax.com. Um, also on Amazon, believe it or not. And just to keep up with me, there's the, I'm not the prolific blogger, but definitely at elaine somerville.blogspot.com. 
uh, is some information I put out there. And there's some old blogs on compensation that really provided a skeleton for this book, even though they were written many years ago. And so that is one way to definitely you can communicate with me and you're always welcome to email me at Elaine at nonprofit-tax.com. And Michael, I would say that one thing I put in the preface to my book um, was that I recognize this is not the most exciting topic in the world. And so (laughs) I don't think the whole entirety of the book is for everyone, but I do believe that of the range of decision makers, those who have to institute the decisions and carry out those decisions from the gambit of who's going to be in HR over benefits to who's going to make the decisions to who's asking for the decisions. There's something in the book for all of these people, whether they're volunteers or employees. And so while not every chapter applies or every section applies, there is something in there for virtually every piece of the process. No, that's so good. I I would really echo that as someone who's gone through all of the different chapters. I, I would affirm what you've said. And hey, while we have you on the hook, there's one other thing I think of, and that is you mentioned your husband, the lawyer earlier, Frank. <laughs> so you guys, I know your favorites at the Church Network Conference. We love to see you there every year. That's always every July. Um, you guys have a great session there that's called He Said, She Said, which I think is a favorite. And you have some other workshops, uh, I'm sure, coming up as as well. So if folks have not been to that conference before, I would really encourage you uh, to take a look at that. Um, but Elaine, maybe tell us what topics are you covering this year if folks are looking out for you? Well, I am going to do a session on the basic building blocks of compensation plans, just to talk a little bit about what we've talked about today, but also just to create what I consider the core foundation of your compensation planning that I think every church has to work into their plans. Many churches will expand on that. Many will keep to the core, but I want to talk about what it takes to be just build that strong, good foundation. And then, of course, uh, Frank and I will be doing He Said, She Said, which everybody who hasn't been there is like, what in the world is that? And that's just (laughs) really... Phil Martin of the Church Network made up that name years ago. And that's mine and Frank presenting just current tax updates and legal updates, HR updates that affect churches and how rulings can tell us what we can and cannot do and how to do things. And just we like it to be as interactive as we can make it. And it's just the place to kind of get caught up on what's going on in the realm of the Department of Labor and the Internal Revenue Service. Perfect. Well, and I would, uh, again, yeah, echo that. That would be time well spent. So if folks that are listening, if that's a conference that you're interested in, um, and again, yeah, we'll be, we'll have a team there from ECFA as well. Check that out at uh, thechurchnetwork.com. And Elaine and I will look forward to seeing you there. And as we wrap up, uh, yes. And as we wrap up our time here on the podcast, Elaine, thank you again uh, for taking time to join us. I want to also say thank you to everyone who took time to listen to the podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to the Excellence in Church Administration podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Rate and review it. Share it on social media. We'd love to get this resource into the hands of as many church leaders as we possibly can. And in the meantime, email your questions, your ideas for future episodes of the podcast to podcast at ecfa.org. 
Well, we appreciate you and all that you do in serving the church. We look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Church Administration podcast. Thank you.